With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Nimmo with a drive. Right field. Garcia back. Brandon Nimmo has given the match the lead. A two-run homer. And it's six to four in the eighth. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. It is Monday, August 1st. The Mets are 64 and 37. Uh, they have just swept the Miami Marlins in Miami. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly Olive. Joining me over Zoom is my guy, Jerry Blevins. We have actually done this already today. If you saw my it's tweet. It's Monday, August 1st, Groundhog's Day ah, for us. A little you don't know it, but I am now back. I'm in New York. I'm in my hotel room here in Soho, but I was at the studio, and we recorded this episode already. <laughs> But the file on the SD card was corrupted. Um, by the time I got back, they said, uh, we got to scrap it. So here we are, round two, but round one for you guys. So we are going to bring the energy. We've already had a practice round. This yes. is the real deal now. This is actually what we do every single time we record. We do the episode <laughs> once, and then we do it again. Yeah, you'd think that like 86 would be a lucky number for Mets fans for our episode. But no, this is the first episode oh. we've ever lost, ever. Crazy. And it was like fun because we were in together. I got to see Audio Jack's amazing mustache. Mm. I got to see your incredible beard. Like just just quality. You know what? It, it was worth it because I got to see everybody That's in the right. JM office. Uh, it was phenomenal. We got to hang out a little bit. Uh, got to see Jake Storiali's wonderful face. Got to see <laughs> Jimmy. Uh, it was great, man. Good stuff. You wouldn't trade it for anything. So, Jerry, I know we've, we've already discussed a lot of what we're going to be discussing mm-hmm. today, but do tell me about your weekend in the booth, please. It was fun, man. My first time in the booth, the uh, A's. I got to cover the A's with the great Glenn Kuyper on TV, in-game for TV for the first time. Uh, lots of fun. They're playing really good baseball right now. Um, they played it, and they took – they lost two out of three to the White Sox, who are mm. still in the hunt in the Central. But it was fun. Really love TV. But I'm happy to be back on the Mets beat doing it because they played phenomenal baseball in Miami. Maybe the best baseball they played all year. Yes, they did. The bats were working. It looks like that lineup has come back to life. They're keeping the line moving like they were at the beginning of the season. They looked very good. We are going to talk about the Mets sweep of the Marlins, but it is brought to you guys by Bear Burger. Thank you to them for sponsoring yet another episode of Shea Station. They're the most hopping burger joint in town. Once Jerry finished Shea Station for the first time, he went, got a burger, got on the train. Now he's back. He's got a burger in his stomach. It's I obvious. might go might go for a second time. Honestly, it's right that good. This. It's really that good. They got the Bear Burger Kitchen Bar Happy Hour. It's the best in New York City, 12 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. They got their exotic burgers, 
Bar Bites at the Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. So many bees. All food items for $9.95, Monday through Friday, 4 to 7 p.m. And, of course, they got their lunch special, which is what Jerry tapped into. Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar, 12 to 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, $14.95. All served with fries. So many good deals at your new favorite happy hour place. So click the link in our YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcast description to find yourself at your new favorite happy hour spot, burger joint, and luncheon. Marketing.bearburger.com. Thank you to them for sponsoring today's game recaps. Jerry, let's do it all over again. I'll take game one. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's hit it. Let's do it. You know, it's nice to repeat recaps when the Mets are winning every single game. They went into game one facing off against big bad Sandy Alcantara. And they stranded the first two runners on after a Marte single and Lindor walk in the first. So it was looking kind of dire at first, but after getting the first two outs in the bottom of the inning, Bassett loads the bases and allows a big three-run double to Miguel Rojas. So 3 nothing Marlins, but the Mets lineup is back to keeping the line moving, and they responded quickly, which is what we like to see. They rallied to tie it immediately in the following inning. Canna doubles with one out. Nito draws a huge two-out walk to keep the rally going, and then Nimmo's double brings in one, and Marte's triple brings in two to tie the game at three. The Marlins scratch out another run in the second inning on a double play, but then Stalling Marte strikes again with a solo home run, his 11th home run of the year, to tie it at four, all in two innings off the prospective Cy Young candidate, Mr. Alcantara. Chris Bassett, he rebounds after a shaky start. He goes six innings, allows six hits, four walks, two strikeouts, no home runs. His ERA is up to 3.83. His quality start streak is snapped at six in a row. The Mets, they get two runners on in the fifth. They don't score, but they do knock out Alcantara after just five innings. It's just the fourth time in 21 starts this year that Sandy goes under six innings and the Mets are responsible for that. We love that. The Mets draw two walks with one out in the seventh, but they fail to convert there. So it's still a tie game, but come the eighth, they get the big hit they've been waiting for all game long. Escobar gets an infield single. He legs it out. And then big bad Brandon Nemo, who's been kind of slumping, gets the big hit, a go-ahead two-run homer to make it six to four Metsies in the eighth. He was previously three for his last 24 with no walks. Kind of alarming there. The Mets bullpen shut down the Marlins in the final three innings. Adam Adovino had another scoreless inning. What else is new? Trevor Williams, you can use him anywhere. He's a Swiss Army knife. He is the setup man in this game. He does a scoreless eighth inning. And then Edwin Diaz, one pitch shy of that immaculate inning. He throws 10 strikes, uh, sits down the Marlins, strikes him out in order, gets his 23rd save. Multi-extra base hit games for Starling Marte, Brandon Nimmo, and my guy Dan Vogelbach. The first two click three RBI each, and the Mets win this one. Pretty dominantly, six to four. They take the first game. Love it. Very nice. The Starling Marte Parte. The mm. guy's incredible. Doing amazing things. Nimmo's big home run. Yep. He will be in the setup guy. And Diaz, Joey Wendell just had to foul off that last pitch. It was nasty. And he just tipped it and then went went uh went down on ten pitches. So he only did it in 10 pitches. It's not that impressive. We call that immaculate. If it's immaculate. It would be immaculate. That's not a fun, that's not funny joke. It's I tried. Ma- and then as I said it, I was like, this isn't, this isn't funny. <laughs> but he's dominant. That is a fact. Spoiler alert. Game two. Your boy Jerry gets another W. This cool. is Cookie Carrasco versus Nick Neidert. I think it was a mismatch, but Neidert making his 2022 season debut. Cookie gets in a jam with two runners on in the first inning, but escapes. Neidert retires, matching Cookie, going first seven in an order. And then Jeff McNeil 
has a little coming out party, hits a bomb, gets the best silent treatment maybe I've ever seen in the history of baseball. Absolutely awesome. Uh, that ruins the night. Uh, the great start to Nidert. Nito, Nemo, Lindor follow up with singles to score it, make it 2-0. Uh, Cookie Carrasco just cruises. Maybe his best start in his best month of July with seven and two thirds, no runs, four hits, two walks, seven Ks on 93 pitches. He was cruising, gave up a double to LeBlanc in the eighth inning. Uh, his first hit of his career it was a good one for him. Congratulations. But Cookie was great. In steps Seth Lugo, who gets the out in the eighth, but really it was Lindor and Nito who backpicked LeBlanc, who just had a career high and then has an oops at second base, gets picked off, still gets high fives, butt slaps in the in the dugout because congratulations, you're a big leaguer. You've got a batting average, but don't do that again. Uh, great throw, great tag. Love to see it because those are the kinds of things that you can steal and out in the, in the playoffs. Beautiful. Love to see it. The Mets add on. Uh, Lindor goes three for four with a homer in the, in, the, in the eighth. Sorry, Lindor homers. Crushes one to right field, and J.D. Davis off Richard Blyer sends one to deep center, the hardest hit home run to dead center outside of Giancarlo Stanton I've seen in a long time. He crushed the ball. Uh, our, our boy Jack decides that he wants to trade him on the spot. Went shopping on Twitter, says, come get your boy J.D., <laughs> put him in a Cubs hat. That's neither here nor there, but Seth Lugo dominates uh, in the final three outs getting the last four actually but he dominated in the ninth the Mets never looked down they continue the winning ways they get up 4-0 that is a ball game game two W go Mets like that another game two dub for our guy Jerry who's coming mm, feels kind, good kind of a streak now I think this is back to back don't I'm jinxing don't, I'm jinxing we need to keep it. the meme alive don't stop it uh, but it's nice. I love it. Our shout out to all the Shea Station listeners and fans on Twitter. That is my main social media. That's where I go. And they're always like, game two W for you, Jerry. They they recognize. I love it. I love the interaction. But it was a big win to continue. Cookie Carrasco. Let's just talk about him real quick. Mm. Uh, just an absolutely stellar, kind of quietly July Give me, tell me about his July. Yeah, so I, I liked what you said that it was kind of quiet because most of these starts, Cookie doesn't make it past the sixth inning. I think the Mets are really figuring out the sweet spot of how long he can go in games. I think he's figuring out a recipe for success himself. He We kind of saw the shaky first inning thing come back, but he was able to weasel out of most of those jams. He had bases loaded with the Padres, got out of that. Two runners on in this one, but he gets out of that. Uh, seven and two-thirds scoreless, maybe his best start of the season for Cookie. Uh, in July, he goes five games started, 30 innings pitch, a 0.90 ERA, 20, 27 strikeouts to nine walks. That is the third lowest single-month ERA for a Mets starting pitcher in the last 30 years. Jacob deGrom had a 0.51 in April of last year, and Frank Viola a 0.86 in April of 1991. Cookie was in some very special company this month. That's special. And on top of that, he becomes the eighth Venezuelan-born pitcher to reach 100 wins. That is an amazing mark. He hit the century mark. Incredible shout-out to Cookie. He's been quietly, and like you said, they found the formula, I think, for him, quietly being super dominant. Uh, looked great. Continued a great run. 
congratulations on an amazing July. Yeah, and J.D. Davis gets his last home run as a Met before he is traded. As <laughs> That's I horrible. To... <laughs> you might have to see this man face-to-face. I know, I and feel like, Look, And J.D. is a really kicking, nice dude. I'm kicking you out of, of the Mets. I don't want to see you anymore for my favorite team. Get out of my life. I don't have beef with J.D. First saying. of all, J.D. was you don't have beef, 2019 but he hero. Yeah, he might have beef with me now. Listen, I'm just one man, you know? He hears it from the fans. He's um, just one man. I know. And he, I have such conflicting He, he probably saw the ball and saw an olive rolling towards him and then smashed Listen, it in the center. If it's something that helps him hit better, I'm all for it. If I'm the inspiration, we'll I'll take it. Um, I, I wanted Judy Davis to have a breakout season this year. I wanted the him and Dom platoon to work and it just... Has not, and the Mets. You know, I'm one thing I'm kind of hoping for in this re-record is that we get a trade in the middle of the episode because I do think that that would make all of this worth it. I don't know. If Audio Jack, happen. while you're while you're brushing your mustache, make sure that you're scrolling Twitter, <laughs> uh, making sure this stuff's happening. Please. I'll keep an eye out. Refresh passing every five seconds. Keep a lip out. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, so uh, dominant game two victory for the Mets. Seth Lugo is on a heater. He's looked really good his last six outings. It looks like he's kind of back. That fastball's got some zip. Curveballs are yeah. Dropping. Yep. Uh, on the on the broadcast, Ron Darling, being the best in the biz, said something that I thought resonated. He said that the last outing, it looked like Lugo was pitching with his hair on fire, like yeah. something got lit inside of him. He wasn't searching anymore. He just says, I'm going to throw the shit out of this ball and I'm going to get them MFers out. And it's back to being that guy because he was lighting it up. He's his curveball looked really sharp and consistent. His fastball, you know, while the velo is up, he still has some room to grow even, but he's been dominant. So happy to see him. He stepped into that, that role because it was only four, nothing didn't want to have to pitch Edwin Diaz because he wasn't up. But he never even opened the door for a possibility of, of pushing Diaz because he never let a runner on. Exactly. And I don't think Lugo was ever in danger of losing like his job no. per se or his roster spot. But definitely was in danger of moving down in the pecking order. Trevor Mays coming back. The Mets are looking for bullpen help. Tyler McGill is apparently going to be a part of the bullpen when he comes back. There's going to be a lot of guys vying for about six or seven big spots, and Lugo figures to be a fixture in this pen, but he's really proving that he deserves to stay uh, in this last week that he's had. And honestly, just a really good month of July in general. I think Mets fans are beginning to trust him again, like that 2018-2019 form of him that we saw uh, previously. So the Mets take the first two in pretty dominant fashion, but they save their biggest, most dominant win for Game 3 against Pablo Lopez, who's been pretty good against everybody this season, except the Mets. Two starts, he's been kind of tagged pretty bad by our Metsies, and they got him the worst time in Game 3 here. They storm out of the gate with a three-run first inning against Lopez, back-to-back doubles by Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso, who was kind of quiet in the series except for this last game. That opens the scoring 1-0 Mets, then McNeil and Canna add RBI singles to make it 3-0 in a five-hit first inning. The Mets tag Lopez for three more runs in the third, knock him out before the end of the inning. He only goes two and two-thirds against our Mets. McNeil doubles, then he scores on a Naquin RBI triple. That's his first Mets hit, so some claps for him. 
Mark Canna adds another RBI single. Nimmo singles on another run after that. It's 6-0 Mets in the blink of an eye. They get 12 hits before the end of the third inning off Lopez. So just a nightmare start for him. Maybe the trade rumors are swirling around in his head. I don't know, but that definitely messed with him a little bit. Uh, Taiwan Walker was on the opposing slab. He wasn't sharp like we've seen him the past month and a half, but he does enough to get a victory here. Five and two-thirds innings, three earned runs, seven hits, two walks, four strikeouts, one home run on 101 pitches. That ERA goes up to 2.79 on the year. His quality start streak ends like Bassett's does. His was at eight innings, so a little salute there for Taiwan. But he does pretty well. He got tagged in the sixth inning, so he wasn't able to make it out of there. Uh, Matt LeBlanc. I know his name's not Matt, but of uh, friend, Friends Fandom. That was kind of hard to say. Friends, friends Fame. Friends Fame. I like that. That's much better. Fame. Yeah. Um, he gets a home run, his first major league LeBlanc. Home run off Taiwan. LeBlanc. He surrenders the two, those two runs in the sixth, but then the Mets get them right back right afterwards. Canna singles, and then he steals the base. He catches the Marlins asleep. And then Nimmo and Lindor tally RBI hits in the seventh inning. And then our old friend, who we haven't seen in a couple months, Steven Nagosik. He's back with the club, and he eats up six outs for the Mets' bullpen. He lowers his ERA to 0.61 on the year with two scoreless innings in this game. Uh, our re-record has ruined my trivia question for you, but we got Steven Nagosik in the Addison Reed trade, which I had forgot about until very recently. Also stellar stash. Also a stellar stash. Nagosik, I think that powered him up a little bit. That's actually Jack's yeah. favorite player. That's his uh, inspiration there. And then Yoan Lopez, who I feel like we only ever see in the ninth inning of uh, blowout games. He gets the easy ninth inning, seals the sweep. Great job. Mets win 9-3. to three. The offense has arguably their most impressive game of the season. They tally 19 hits. Three hit games for Lindor, McNeil, and Canna. Two hit games for Alonzo, Vogelback, Guillaume, and Mazika, who had a couple nice bunts in this one. The Mets strike out just one time in nine innings and go 8-for-18 eight eight with runners in scoring position. And they do it all without the long ball, not a single home run. So they win 9-3. to three. They sweep the Marlins. They move to 26 games over 500 for the first time in 16 years. Years, and they are riding very high right now beautiful team season high 19 hits Whew. wonderful they you know taiwan has been so dominant we were like oh he's not very good he went five and two-thirds gave up three runs yeah. like yeah good work he's he's era is all the way up to a 2.79 skyrocket uh but they did they buried pablo lopez early 12 hits before he gets out of the ball game in, in the third wow yeah they came out, like you said, you you used it both recordings, storm out of the gate. I like it because that's what they did, man. They hopped on them. They kept the foot on the gas, no break, and that's what you do to lesser teams, and they buried them. They look great this whole series. Uh, shout out to Vogi, Mazika. You, you talked about bunts. Uh, that's great, man. They looked awesome. Yeah, we got catchers who can bunt. It's very valuable at the bottom of that lineup. I like it a lot. Mazika laid down. If you're not going to crush, you got to be able to move, do your job, move the hitters over. It's important. Again, we're talking October dreams. Yep. So if you can steal a base like Canna did there, like take the extra base when they're not paying attention to you, get an extra steal and out like they did on the back pick in game two. If you can put the bunt down, get the runner over, whatever it takes to win the ball game, you do it. They're doing, they're playing complete baseball. It's awesome to watch. And the Marlins were on the receiving end of just a pounding from a, like a heavyweight 
versus a middleweight. It was impressive what they did to them. Yeah, they looked completely outmatched. The Mets are 10-4 and four against the Marlins this season. More importantly, they're 31-12 and 12 against teams in their own division. That's the best inner division record of any team in baseball. It's also a really good recipe for winning your division in general, so the Mets keep on the good times there. Yeah, I mean, the Marlins, I don't, I don't know exactly what the plan is going forward. I know that they're listening on offers about everybody except for Sandy, so kind of a weird point in their uh, franchise existence, but the Mets have a great record record against them 33 road wins on the season that's already three more than they had last season and the Mets are a staggering 55 and 0 when they have the lead after the eighth inning so a lot of good stats there you love to see for your team I think we can turn it over to the apple of our eye which has a lot of hitters on it I'm for it Uh, well deservedly they put an absolute pounding on on the Marlins pitching a pitching staff that's been known to dominate themselves but instead we get a dominating performance. You let off last time. Yep. Continue your ways. I'll let you go first. Got to keep it the same. I like that. Uh, mine feels uh, pretty obvious here, although there are a lot of good candidates, a lot of guys who had a good series. I'm going to pull a stat from one of our listeners, One Shining Mets, who does a lot of cool Mets stats on Twitter. And this was one that was pretty eye-opening to me because I kind of forgot that it was a thing in the first place. Uh, Francisco Lindor, he's the apple of my eye, but I want to tell you an interesting tale of his season so far. From opening day to June 2nd, which was the day we went to L.A. to face the Dodgers and the day that Lindor broke his finger on a door. From opening day to then, he had a 125 OPS plus, 25% better than a league average hitter. The four weeks after he fractured his finger on that bad luck door, he had a 79 OPS plus. And in July, with four weeks done and healing his finger, he's back up to a 159 OPS plus in this month alone. He had his best month of the season, batting 305, and this was arguably his best series of the entire month. He goes 7 for 11, two doubles, a homer, three RBI, two runs, three walks, just absolutely stuffing the stat sheet. He was in the middle of pretty much every rally that we had. He bounced from second in the lineup to third in the lineup, and it did not matter. Lindor's producing at maybe his most impressive clip during his two years as a Met. He's on pace for a 30 home run, 110 RBI season. Uh, so if anyone's telling you that he's overrated or not worth the money, they might be mistaken because Francisco Lindor is having a terrific year and I can't wait to see what he does in these final two months. So he's my apple. Well deserved. Uh, not to mention he just plays gold glove caliber shortstop oh, yeah, on top of it. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, well deserved. There's some other names. I want to shout out Starling Marte who had the amazing game in game one yep. uh, ends up three for nine with a triple home run, three RBI run scored. Shout out to Vogie went four for 10 with a run, two doubles, two walks, a hit by pitch. I wanted to give it to McNeil because he looks like he's breaking out. And I think he needs to keep building off of this for confidence. He went six or 14 with two doubles, a home run, two RBI, two runs scored and cookie Carrasco on his hundredth win. If it was a cumulative, you know, month long thing, I'd give it to him, but I can't, because this one is going to my boy, Brandon Nemo. I knew it. Brandon Nemo, <laughs> four for 16, a double, a home run, five RBI out of the leadoff spot, and three runs scored. Looking like he's breaking out, gaining confidence, working counts properly. Um, still has another level to climb, but great job setting the table, a table setter in front of these powerhouses you talked about Lindor we saw what Marte's capable of. Pete Alonso the big bopper in the cleanup spot 
getting in front of these guys, getting on base, making things happen. Very impressive. Yeah, it's been it's been a kind of a weird season for Nimmo, but this was a really big series for him to snap out of the slump that he's been in the past couple months. Uh, we are seeing a different version of Nimmo. Nimmo hasn't drawn a walk in two weeks since July 17th. Uh, but he has been hitting for power. He got the big hit in game one that ultimately won us the game. Uh, his swing looks solid, but we've seen a lot of first pitch swings. And I just think, and we mentioned this uh, in our first recording, that I think when he works walks back into his game in addition to this new power stroke, that is when Nimmo will become the complete version, the complete hitter that we've always known he has the potential to be. Also, not to mention, he's played in now, let's see, 93 games this season? 93 yes. games, which is very, very welcome to see. That's already one more than he played last season. Uh, and if he reaches 100, it'll just be the second time in his career that he's been able to do that. So it's been really nice to just see him healthy in general. Yes. Yeah, I think um, I think he's still finding his uh, identity as far as approach goes because he, he set out to drive the ball more. And he's done that. You know, he had that amazing 2018 season. The last time he covered 100, he played 140 games. He had 17 homers, had 28 doubles and eight triples. He's kind of on that pace. I think he can still get that hot, but he's definitely gone down on taking those walks. Um, he's he's attacking balls and hitters count, but they're not always strikes. So I think he's got the right idea, but he's got to learn. Not got to learn. That's That makes me feel like I'm trying to tell him what to do because I'm a pitcher. Yeah. And I know better than that. It's really hard, but I think he's got to take his approach and then even refine it a little bit more and kind of keyhole the pitcher on those two, one, two Oh three, one counts to where he's looking for one particular pitch in one particular area of the zone. And if he gets that, then try to like lift and separate. Um, But he's very deserving of this apple on a team uh, series where everybody killed it, uh, Brandon Nemo gets my apple. It has been quite a while since we've picked two hitters for our apple, and that's kind of just because the Mets pitching has been incredible for the past two months, even without you know DeGrom and for a certain time Scherzer as well. Uh, speaking of DeGrom, we got some news, and you can probably tell from the title of the episode uh, I, you know, we don't, we don't want to jinx anything. I'm knocking on wood, but we, it's been announced. It's news. I know. And it's in the probables and me and all yes. Jack are going to see him tomorrow. We're very excited about it. We're going to take the train to DC. Um, As you should be. Jacob DeGrom is coming off the 60 day IL healed from his shoulder scapula injury. And he will make the start Tuesday in Washington against the Nationals. What? What game number is that that he'll be? So it's not it's not one because one is tonight, and then one would be the one that I recap, and then three mm-hmm. is my recap, and that's Wednesday. So that would so make Tuesday this one two. That's gonna be for me game oh. two. That is already a win for me. I can't tell you how excited I am to watch Jacob Degrom toe the rubber for a Major League Baseball game again. It's been over a year. Oh, I'm so excited. It's one of those, it's an occasion, man. It is um, keep your ticket stub to tell your family, you know, in the future that you got to watch this guy pitch. He's that good. You Mets fans understand it, but people around baseball quickly forget how great Jacob deGrom is. I want him to show it in a short stint. Don't get too crazy. Just come back healthy. 
get the ball rolling, moving forward, aiming for October. Uh, thank you for coming back. Thank you to the baseball gods for allowing this, you know, Tuesday game two, doing your boy a favor. Thank you. Yeah, and we just it just worked out for me and Jack by dumb luck. Amtrak is being really awesome and sending us to another game. We're going with a couple other Mets podcasters, the Metsed Up guys, Mark and James, and it just happened the official to work. New York Mets yeah, podcast. They got a nice little setup there. Um, and this was booked in like May or like June, and it's just dumb luck that it happened to be the exact yep. day that Jacob Degrom is returning. We are. I I would be going. I'm jealous, but I will be working pre and post for this series, so I can't. I got to be in New York while you guys are going a to celebrity. DC. Too busy suiting up on TV. All right. I know. I do have to wear a suit, which is you know for the the A's TV. Which, by the way, I got to see an Adam Aller start. Yeah. Former Met Alert. Our former guy. Uh, pitched really well. He pitched against, he went up against Dylan Cease. Uh, for you all National League fans, Dylan Cease is having a Sandy Alcan- Alcantara-type season. Not yeah. on that level, but right behind him. Uh, leading the Major League Baseball in Ks per nine from a starter because, you know, Edwin Diaz owns that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he has been nasty. Um, but Oller looks solid. He got his first win his last start. Uh, and then came back against Dylan Cease and looked solid, man. I'm happy for him. He so, was a former yeah, minor too. league pitcher of the year, I think, last year. He came over. He came over in the Chris Bassett trade um, to the Oakland A's, and we obviously we got Bassett. Um, but yeah, he looked he looked comfortable, a little bit more uh, confidence on the mound, which takes a while, man. Yeah, man. Sometimes you start to doubt, like, do I belong up here? It uh, looks like he's starting to figure out that he can get some big league hitters out. It's a little bit of a former Met watch there. I like that. We also got yeah. a, a bunch of roster turnover. Some new Mets are in the clubhouse now. Uh, we mentioned it in our game recaps, but the Mets did acquire Tyler Naquin and Philip Deal in exchange for unranked teenage pitching prospects Jose Acuna and Hector Rodriguez. Kind of a minor deal, but there hasn't been a lot of trades, so it's kind of worth talking about. Uh, does Deal do anything for you? Yeah, so Tyler Naquin is uh, so I don't know Philip Deal that that much. I'll have to dive into him, but Naquin's solid, good hitter, got some great speed. We saw the cannon from the outfield. Um, unfortunately for Travis Jankowski, that made they yeah. they had to make some move uh, room on the roster for him, and he gets DFA. That was sad to see him go because he you know he was a bright spot in the early part of the season. Got hurt. Um, he's basically just been pinch running. Yeah. Um, and then maybe a late defensive sub. Uh, so it's nice to get some thump uh, and those, you know, the speed and, and defense from Naquin. So I like the addition. Yeah, it, it definitely was a bummer to see Jankowski go. Um, for those who forgot, he started his season nine for 24, uh, three stolen bases, a lot of good bunt hits. Jankowski was definitely fun to watch uh, in April, but I think the the big telltale sign was when we had him uh, in the lineup of every game against the Braves. Thankfully, a series we still won, but that was Guillaume hitting cleanup and Jank starting every game, and like that lineup was a little bit uh, down bad. So they needed some reinforcements. Naquin is a great addition. Cannon in right field. Decent speed, honestly. He was kind of flying around the bases Solid. on that triple. Solid speed. Good, Good pop. So he's got, he had a lot of balls to the warning track in this series, too. He easily could have had a much more impressive stat line. Uh, so the Mets are expecting some big things from him. Great platoon bat to have off the bench. Uh, this Mets bench is going to get deep, I think, in the next couple of days, and I'm hoping yeah, that's the that's the hope. Well, I'm hoping we get something in this episode, but we'll see. I'm still refreshing. We also we also signed a friend of the podcast, newly signed Kevin Parada, Very first nice. pick of the draft. So hopefully we'll get him on the show 
at some point in the near future. He's probably in a little bit of a whirlwind. Sign going to go play some baseball probably. But uh, he's the number 11 pick overall. It's a big deal. Yeah. Obviously, when Kumar Rocker didn't sign, that was uh, big news. So it's nice to see that they actually do sign. Yeah, he did sign for above his slot value. Uh, but we're very happy for Kevin. Uh, we got to meet him in L.A. Terrific dude. Super nice. Hopefully he comes on the show and we can chat it up with him. Get to get to know our uh, new top prospect a little bit more. And, you know, we don't know who's on the in and on the out with these trades coming. So he could be our number one ranked prospect. Who the hell knows? Uh, but catching prospect, very impressive uh, stat line. Very nice dude, so we're very happy for him. Yeah, that would have been kind of bad if the Mets went back-to-back years without signing their top pick. So I'm very happy that happened. Um, more roster turnover. We mentioned Tyler McGill before. He could he could possibly return soon and become a part of this bullpen as a, like a multi-inning monster. Really excited for that. I think he slots in well there. Um, but there's a lot of pitching turnover, too. Our friend, our good friend, Drew Smith has a strained Latin muscle, and he will be going on the IL. Uh, he opened the season real strong, had a couple really rough outings in July and June, and I think we've kind of known that he hasn't looked right for a while. Hopefully he's able to come back before the end of the season and uh, regain his health and become the pitcher that he was in April and May again because uh, he really was terrific for the Mets in the first month of the season. Yeah, I hope he comes back at the end of the, you know, here soon and he's able to contribute uh, down the run, down the stretch, because he's he's electric, man. He's got good stuff. Obviously, you know, he had a chance to step into that eighth inning role and, and it didn't work out. But uh, I wish him the best of luck. He's got a bright future. Not worried about him. Just want him to, to get back, get healthy. You mentioned kind of uh, in passing Tyler McGill yeah. being moved to the bullpen. I think that is a huge deal. We've seen it in the past with um, you know, Syndergaard went back there for when he was a rookie. Um, we saw like Adam Wainwright. We've seen uh, Dustin May get moved back there on big teams. I think Tyler McGill will be a weapon in the bullpen. I think they're going to limit his innings. Um, he was unbelievable when he came back before he got hurt. I think it was like the fourth or fifth inning that he went back out. You know, the higher their pitch um, count goes, the more – chance you have of getting hurt are and so i think they got option david peterson down to give depth to the starting rotation unfortunately for him Uh, but i think it's a smart move because he's more valuable and very good he's having a great season uh, but he's a starter tyler mcgill you need those innings and when he comes out of the pen he's throwing 99 yeah and if you can keep him that one two maybe three innings or two plus at some point uh, I think he could be a absolute fire weapon to have down. Yeah, I mean, it never hurts to have a guy that can give you two innings and like has that starter profile and all those pitches. And McGill, when he was healthy in April, was unbelievable. He had an ERA under two in the first month. Uh, and you know me, I'm the biggest McGill fan around. I was singing his praises in the offseason. Um, so it's not what I want for McGill, but I think it's going to be really beneficial for the team and help you know get him set up for next year to hopefully return to the rotation. Uh, Peterson gets optioned. I'm sure that he's going to be back this weekend. The Mets have a five-game set, and in there is a doubleheader with the Braves. They're going to need somebody to take that second start. That just feels kind of like an easy go for Peterson. Already had one start in AAA, went four and a third innings, didn't allow a run, seven strikeouts, so he still looks good. Um, It's a tough turn, but it's the problem of having a surplus of talent on your active roster. I'm sure Peterson understands, and I think he's probably just hungry to get back with the club and prove himself yet again. Um, yeah, I mean, this Mets team has so much pitching right now. It's like, it's everywhere. Like, Nagosik had two scoreless innings in the final game, and he's probably going to get demoted again because 
McGill's coming back. Trevor May is on his way back. He had his rehab assignment. He could be back tomorrow for all we know. Uh, the Mets might trade for a reliever. So, I mean, a lot of these guys are not going to even make the cut of being the core seven that might be on this potential playoff roster. Again, it's a really good problem to have, but for a lot of the younger guys who have things left to prove, like David Peterson, it's a bit of a tough turn. But ultimately, good things. I agree. It's good. Um, hold on. The Padres, breaking news right wow. now. Jeff Passan, not, not for the Mets. but Not uh, for the Mets. Jeff Passan says the Brewers are trading the second-best closer in the game behind Edwin Diaz, Josh Hader, to the Padres. Which is nuts. What? I That's wild. can't imagine what that package looks like, but it's got to be yeah, we, absolutely That's wild. Massive. Yes, that's Oof. crazy. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, it's – Nagosik has had an amazing season for the Mets. Um, in short stints, he's been yeah. dominant. You know, he looks like he found his identity as a relief pitcher, kind of what works for him the best. And sometimes it takes a while to do that. Not everybody can show up on the scene and just be themselves and dominate. Uh, sometimes it takes a little bit. And Nagosik looks great. Um, he knows his, He knows the role. It's up and down. Um, Sam Clay, yeah, nice to see, him. nice to see him get up. Um, but again, you never, you never know. Um, but we have a series, a three game set coming up in Washington that you'll be attending game two, the DeGrom game. Would you like to me to preview those before you do? I got to tell you who it's brought to you by. One oh, this is a good one. A new sponsors. Welcome to the Shea station. Ad Central. Ad Family. Joining us is Siegel Law Firm. Thank you to them for sponsoring today's episode of Shea Station. They're a New York City-based personal injury and civil rights law firm. We're getting very suity up here. As you can tell, Jerry, going on TV with the suit tonight makes perfect sense. What Rocking separates them? right now. But... Yeah, I know. You're looking business casual right now. Uh, what separates them from the pack? They truly care about their clients. They have what they like to call a Jerry Maguire type approach where the primary concern is extreme client attention. They just slipped the word Jerry into the ad read for you. I can already tell. It makes perfect sense. Show me the money, man. Exactly. This means clear, regular communications with clients, keeping you updated on your case and providing assistance with medical providers and insurance issues. They hire the right experts and put every case in the best chance to succeed, treating their clients like family. Um, the misconception that you cannot afford a lawyer is not true. There is no cost to consult with Siegel Law Firm and no out-of-pocket costs when they handle your case. You don't pay anything until they recover for you, and then you share, you share a percent, percentage of that recovery. Excuse me. There is nothing to lose. Do not disqualify yourself from a case for no reason. It's always worth a call to Siegel Law Firm. Give them a call or visit them at siegel-lawfirm.com to get the legal support that you need. That's S-E-G-A-L lawfirm.com. Thank you to them for sponsoring today's series, Probables Looking Ahead in Washington. Jerry, take it away. Uh, no, first of all, I'm going to shout out. Uh, thank you, Siegel Law Firm, uh, for sponsoring. But uh, you missed a chance. Uh, I'll just send out some some free uh, free promo stuff. When you need legal, go to Siegel. Oh wow! You're welcome. Get him on the You're phone. You're welcome for that. Jerry gets a raise for that. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me while I uh, get ready for the three game set down in Washington. Game one. Max Scherzer, who himself. Despite what Cookie Carrasco did, had a great July. He went 32 in the third innings with a 1-3-9 ERA, 45 strikeouts to only four walks. What a return from injury. That man, he's overall 6-2 and two with a 2.09 going against his old club and facing off against old friend, but still friend, Patrick Corbin, 
who hasn't had a great run. He Overall, he's 4-14 four with a 6.49 ERA. His last start versus the Dodgers, he only went two-thirds of an inning, gave up six earnings on seven hits, one walk, no strikeouts. Josh Bell, in his career off of Max Scherzer, is 4-9 for nine with a home run. But J.D. Davis and Pete Alonso both have four ding-dongs off of our man Patrick Corbin. That is game one. Game two. The return of Jacob DeGrom. That is very happy for all baseball fans, and especially this guy. DeGoat returns. He's going against Corey Abbott. Who is that? I don't know either. Uh, Jacob DeGrom making his long-awaited return after 13 months. He last pitched on 7-7-21 with seven. Gave up two runs on four hits, 10 Ks, no walks. Juan Soto, the big bopper, could be. In the lineup, could be on another team. Who knows? Could be across the dugout, mm. playing on the same team. But <laughs> in his career, he's 3-for-15 with a home run off the Grom. Abbott will making just his second career start, never gone over five innings. That is game two, the DeGrom game. Game three, Chris Bassett in his 7-7 seven and seven record and a 3-8-3 ERA going against Anibal Sanchez. He was 0-3 with a 7.47 ERA. He's only had three starts. He's 0-3 on the year. He's allowed five home runs in 15 and two-thirds inning and hasn't reached six innings pitched in any of those starts. Chris Bassett will be facing off against Josh Bell. Maybe. Maybe he's on the other dugout. Who knows? But his career against Bassett, he's two for five with two home runs. That's some big numbers. Should be a nice, nice challenge for Bassett to reach back and find a new tool uh, Pete Alonso, his career against Anibal Sanchez, 5-for-9 with two home runs himself. Lindor, Marte, Nemo have also homered off Sanchez. That is game three. That is your three-game set. That is the series in Washington. Woo! Yeah, I can't even begin to express how excited me and Jack are to see Corey Abbott on Tuesday. We're just we're huge Abbott heads. Ab guys. <laughs> Okay. I think it's messed up that you're going there without me and yeah. with two other podcasters. It's Sorry, messed man. up. See Wait, what it I did took there? two men to replace one Jerry Blevins. Wow, they're, are they? They're probably small guys. I think Mark, Mark's up. like a, a little short. No, no offense to Mark. I'm short too. That's, that's not, not a, That's not offensive. <laughs> I'm thin. I'm tall. There it's just mean. a thing that you are. You just have everything, Jerry. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, big series problems here. We we usually say that we shouldn't expect a sweep, but I mean. These probables are just. You're you want two out of three. You want that, two you out want of to three. Win a world, you want to win a series. That's the that's the that's the recipe for success. You don't expect a sweep, but it's there for the taking. It's more fun. You to sweep. want go for it. Go for it. <laughs> that's why you do you, and the players always look big picture. Yep. Because you you just you can't you got to win. Try to win every day, but it's not the end of the world because there's a game tomorrow. Move along. Yep, the Mets get uh, the miserable season of Patrick Corbin. He just coughed up a lot of runs to the Dodgers. <laughs> we get the first Scherzer and DeGrom back-to-back day ever, which is exciting. We've been waiting a long time for it. It still doesn't feel real that DeGrom's pitching on Tuesday. Hopefully everything goes exceptionally well. Uh, and then the Mets, you know, they look to mop up this series, and then you got that five-game set that I keep talking about every episode. It's finally happening this weekend with the Braves at City Field, the biggest set of the year. There's another four-game set with the Braves right after it, too, so get excited for that as well. Um, it'll be the proving ground for our Mets, and I think going in hot with another series win is exactly what they need. They've got, I think, 
what, six wins in a row right now? Two from the Yankees, one from the Padres, sweeping the Marlins. Going there with a nine-game win streak? Head full of steam? Sweep. Sweeping. Turn that, turn that into a Yeah, game. man, that's, that's, this is baseball. Again, I'm not, it's not a proving ground to me in that five-game set. But you can, again, this is the difference between a former player, yeah. you know, and a, and a former English teacher. Exactly. <laughs> no, but it's, it's it's still you know early August. It's a proving ground. Yes, you want to battle and and uh, lay them on the table, measure them out, if you will. Uh, but it's not that. It's a it's another series. Just another. It doesn't mean anything. But if you do show out, it's going to feel better. But you just want to win the series, man. Yes. Return of Degrom, though. I'm pumped i almost spiked my open water Not a good onto idea. my hotel room floor that would have been tough Big it literally was in my head to just slam it down i'm so excited <laughs> and before we go today i do want to give some love to our friend of the pod really cool artist my friend dan aka athlete logos yes. jack is there a way for you to pan the camera or show the people the cool thing i i uh, i have it on that camera right now oh perfect like, so you can just like so it's it gonna be there. in the oh, thing perfect so okay. yeah i think awesome. just block it me out awesome. or block jerry out yeah he made athlete, us a athlete logos yes. so cool coolest thing i ever made us a, a terrific shea station neon sign if you follow us on our socials you might have seen it already uh it's awesome it's gonna be sitting up there forever and if you guys want a neon sign of your own Go check out his website. Go get a custom order. It's definitely worth it. It's one of the coolest things I think that we've gotten for our show, maybe ever. Uh, and it's awesome. So I want to give him some love. Thank you to Dan for that. And I think that's everything, Jerry. Unless we get, you know, corrupted in the data again and we got to try it for a third time. Round three? <laughs> Let's do it. That was good. Yes. Thank uh, you guys for tuning in. Thank you for watching whatever format that you've decided to consume Shea Station from Jack's beard to Audio Jack's mustache to my clean shave stubble I guess yeah whatever stubble this is all I got you missed the memo we say thank you and let's go Mets let's go Mets guys we will see you on Thursday to recap Mets Nats and preview Mets Braves we'll see you thanks for tuning in Alonso to his left, flipped to the ground, and the ball.